0: I'm Cody. I am the worship director here at Vertical. If you don't know, I am very new to that and I'm very new to West Michigan. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second, but um, I just want to recognize all of you who might be here for the first time. We're so glad you're here. Um, you can clap for people who are here for the first time. It's okay. We love them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we love you. We're so glad you're here. And um, if you're joining us online for the first time, we're so glad that you've joined us. You can, you know, comment on things you love. Just keep quiet on things you don't, and uh, help us share the word uh, and, and share this so your friends can hear. Um, but I'm so excited to be here. I'm so thankful for our pastor and his family. We have an amazing pastor, don't we? Yeah, he's probably listening at some point. So make it louder than that. He's he's awesome, isn't he? They're smiling. If you're if you're watching online, Pastor Josh, they're smiling. I promise. Um, just an amazing family. I'm so honored uh, to serve under him. Um, but I do, I just want to honor my, my wife specifically. We'll, will throw up. You'll see my kids in a second. We've got a slide, but, um, I wouldn't be standing here preaching this to you without her because she has been Jesus a lot through our lives. So I'm so thankful uh, for her, but we are in a series, one of a kind. And today I'm going to be talking with you about one of a kind worship. So I was very thankful uh, when Pastor Josh said, Hey, I'm going to be out of town. Maybe you could teach on worship. We've been wanting to have you do that. I was like, thank you, Lord, that it's worship and not like a revelation series. And I'm having to, we're going to talk about the mark of the beast. No, no, we're going to talk about worship today. Um, I'm so excited to share my heart, but before we do that, let's pray. And, uh, then we'll get into this message. Father, we just love you and we honor you. God, I thank you that your Holy spirit is the helper who comes and and helps us rightly divide words of truth in our hearts. So God, I just pray that, that everything I speak today would be what you would have me speak. Everything I do would be what you would have me do. And Father, at the end of the day, I just pray that hearts would look back on this and not say, this is a man, Cody said this or said that, that they would say, man, I connected with God on this and that. So Holy Spirit, do what you do. Uh, and we just honor you and yield to what you're doing in this room. In Jesus name. Amen. amen. So I am Cody. I am not from West Michigan. You can probably already tell by the way I talk. Um, it's although I am maybe starting to say bag just a little bit instead of bag I don't know um, so call me out on it if I start sounding like a Michigander just be like hey don't forget your roots um, hold your taters you know stuff like that uh, so my family and I trekked up here somehow we got well they said they conned us there they are that's my youngest son Zion he's our middle child uh, bless him if you're a middle child I get it I was the middle child um, they're special blessings for you uh, Balin and right there in the middle is our daughter she's our youngest and then Leland is our oldest, and of course, that's me and my wife. Um, right out there, actually, on the we were playing basketball, which I, surprisingly to you, I'm not very good at. Um, I know you're shocked, but uh, we trekked up here in February. We moved our entire life, uh, packed up my wife, who I love, and our things, whom I... Well, I don't love our things. I left a lot of things, actually. What we couldn't do without, packed up our kids, which I love dearly, packed up our dogs, whom I did love at one time, but now I just regret and tolerate, um, and I'm, that's the last dog joke I'm going to do because they didn't go over well in first service. So all the dog lovers can take it easy. Um, but no, we packed all of our stuff up. We felt like God was transitioning us into something different, uh, randomly connected with the leadership here and fell in love with the town and the area and just felt like this is what God was calling us to. And so fast forward three months, at, three months, three months, and we are here and plugged in and loving it. You guys have been so gracious to our family. We love it, um, so that's a little bit about our family. Uh, I, I started thinking about worship when, when I was asked to speak. I started thinking, okay, what does worship mean to me? What is it? And I, st- I had to start unpacking a lot of that because I thought I knew what it meant. But as I got into it, I realized I'd been leaning on some things Or some ideas that maybe weren't so solid. And the Lord's been kind of renovating that in my heart. So I'm just inviting you on that journey with me today. If you're a note taker, I have three simple points. If you like to take notes and do that sort of thing. um, Or if you like to pretend like you are and doodle like my wife does to pay attention, that's totally fine. You can do that. I'm not looking at, I can't even see your notes from here, so you're good. Um, But I'm going to talk to you about one of a kind worship. And the first thing I want to talk to you about, point one, is uh, worship is personal. So I started thinking about, like, personally, what does worship mean to me? And I instantly thought... Uh I was taken back to the Old Testament. We've been reading through the Old Testament. If you're following the the Read the Bible in a Year program that the church is kind of promoting and, and we're doing it together, it's amazing. And one thing I've realized is that I am very thankful that God chose me to be born in a specific time and place to do specifically what I do, because in the Old Testament, had I been born with musical gifting, I would have probably joined the Levites and they would have been slaughtering animals. And as much as you're surprised, I am not the avid animal slaughterer, Um <laughs> I may look rugged, but I'm tenderhearted, <laughs> and so, um, so I started thinking though about the Old Testament and how, when when you would bring a worship or you would bring sacrifice or you would commune with God, there was always a doorway that you would flow through. You had priests who would have to perform certain ways or cleanse themselves certain ways or follow certain guidelines in order to go into the Holy of Holies and you take your sacrifice and you give it to the Lord and you're forgiven. And all of these different things, there was always a gateway. So I was thinking like, man, worship, it's so amazing that we live in this time to where worship has shifted from being this gateway mediator thing to jesus being that mediator for us because jesus told the woman you know he meets the woman at the well she's pulling up water he pulls up to chat and well he doesn't pull up because he probably was walking but he strode up i guess if that's what you can say he strode up to chat and um he says this she's she's asking him all these questions to try to see she doesn't know he doesn't believe he's the messiah yet and uh She's talking about like, well, the Jews say we should worship here, but the Samaritans believe we should worship here. Who's right? And he says that the time is coming where it won't matter where you worship. Those who worship will do it in spirit and in truth. And so we have shifted this mindset from worship being this uh, mediated event to now being I can do it all on my own. I can connect and commune with God because of Christ all on my own. That's also to lead you into saying, when we say we're leading worship here, we can't worship for you. Mm -hmm. We can lead you by example, but it's almost not like we're haltering you into the presence of God. like, okay, just take a drink if you want it. Nope, you're good. (laughs) It's more like, hey, we're using a gift that God's given us to create an atmosphere where you can connect with God maybe easier because you can do this. You don't have to have music at all. It's a little more challenging. I think music is a very powerful tool. Even if you haven't looked up the science of how music affects your body and your cells and your brain, you should probably rabbit hole Hold that one day. I'm not going to go there, but it was, it's a gift from God yeah. to connect with him. Um, but it's a personal thing. I started thinking about what cultivated my love for worship throughout my life if you don't know if you can't tell I grew up in a Pentecostal church where shouting and lifting your hands and being expressive was just normal and you know if it's it's almost like it was the church you didn't invite your friends to because you were afraid they were going to be weirded out and not want to be your friend anymore and uh Everyone who went to the church I went to growing up just would agree with that. I, there was a very heavy like Methodist population, and I love Methodist people; they're amazing. But they don't like what we do in, in Pentecostal church. They are very like, "Oh, you guys are foaming at the mouth." Okay, we're good. Um, but I just grew up. Y'all, y'all think I'm laughing? I'm, I'm. Hey, I've seen it. Um, y'all are going to get me off track. You know what? I told first service that speaking is not my first Avenue. So you're either going to walk out of here with like good nuggets from God or like a great potato salad recipe. And I've never even made potato salad. So get out your pen either way. Um, but no, I grew up in a very charismatic setting. Um, and I thought we'll get into this a little more later, but I thought that just because I grew up in that, that's why I have expression. And this is just the way I was raised. And some of you in here grew up the opposite of that. And you grew up where like, if you tap your foot, you're sinning. So like, don't do that. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not condemning you for that. I'm just saying culture can play a big part in how you feel that you connect with the Lord. But I started thinking about it. I grew up in church. I went to youth camp and church camps um, and and like youth conferences. And this is a plug for all of you parents with youth age kids in here, getting them into a place where they have access yeah. And exposure to the presence of God matters. It it matters because I don't know that I would be here if the things that were planted in me in that period in my life weren't planted. I don't know that that it that the relationship I had with God before those encounters would have kept me through life. And so there's something special to that connection. But um, I deduced that down to I had experience with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So. Um, there were opportunities for me to be expressive or to go. And it wasn't always, like I didn't, I wasn't the five-year-old who was like, woo, run around, do a lap, Jericho march, woo, you know. Um, <laughs> I, there were stages to this. But I'm saying it, it um, experience with the Holy Spirit drew my heart in. And I started to realize a few things. I realized that worship stirred my heart. Yeah. So when I would get into an atmosphere, and for the sake of, of clarity, I'm worship is way more than What we're doing on this stage or congregationally, this is a form of worship. And we're going to get into this in a minute. There are other examples of worship that far exceed that. Worship is way more than a song and it's way, it's a lifestyle of how you live. Um, but for the sake of, of clarity in this space, I'm focusing mainly on what we do when we come together and we sing and we lift our hands and all that. So I was exposed to that. And it would stir my heart. It would change something inside of me to desire the things of God, Amen. because I don't know about you, but left to myself and just my natural senses, I don't quite always desire the things of God. Yeah. And so there's something in worship that hooks my heart in to want to be like him.
1: Yeah, um,
0: and, and, and other things can do that too. You read the word. It's funny how, um, you can change your spiritual appetite. It's like you, 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 I don't think anyone other than being in like a a worship service, God's done something to them and then they just are on fire for the word. Anyone who like picks up a Bible to start reading it probably isn't like, oh my gosh, I just love reading all of these names and who begat who and all of these places that I can't pronounce. I have to literally, I found the best way to do this, read through the Bible in a year is to hit play and let it read to me while I'm reading because then I don't have to fumble over the names for five minutes. You're going to find that out here in a minute when I say 12 Hebrew names or, or, or I don't don't know they're not all Hebrew. some of them are greek but um see i've got myself off track (laughs) it stirred my heart i also realized that worship aligned my perspective with his perspective um because i mean the word tells us his ways are higher his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and so when we sing the right thing when we sing the right thing it aligns our heart with his Um, you know i I, I don't know why I didn't go here in first service, but there there's there's power in what you sing. By the way, I say this a lot, but you you are agreeing. Your words bring life or death. So what you're singing, you're agreeing with it. Yeah. So so I heard someone say once, um, "I'm going to slaughter this." Is it Kelly Clarkson that sings "Because of You"? I'm too afraid to walk on the sidewalk or something, <laughs> something like that. She's like she's a so she's a worship pastor. She's like I'm in my car. It just came out. I'm blasting it, and the Holy Spirit says, "Do you want to be afraid?" And she's like, no. He's like, well, you're agreeing with fear when you sing that. So it's not to condemn you. That's just to say, be careful what you agree with, because there's power when you sing and what you're singing, you're agreeing with. So it's it's it aligns my thoughts with his thoughts, because, again, I'm human. I don't always have I don't surprise, surprise. I don't always have godly thoughts. I don't always want to just naturally just agree with what the word says. Situations arise or things arise or flesh arises and you become human. But worship pulls me out of that into alignment with what he is. Worship is agreement with who God is and it aligns our perspective with his. Um, We've kind of talked about this, but there's power in agreement. Matthew, Jesus even says where two or three are gathered, there I am. When two or three ask in my name, they will have what they ask. So there's power when you agree with God and with what you agree on. Um, I also realized the worship gave me weaponry. So I worship gave me something to fight the good fight of faith because you can read your word. It's a wonderful tool. Um, you you have the Holy Spirit it says the sword of the spirit. Um, you have these weapons in your armor, but worship is, I would, I would almost see like I'm taking stones and slaying giants with what I'm singing because I'm choosing to agree with what I don't see. And so there's, some, there's power when you have weaponry. But I wrote this down. I said, when Satan can't take your weapon, he'll move to deceiving you to putting it down yourself. So I found out I had this weapon and Satan can't take this from me. He can't, uh, he can't steal praise and worship from me, mm-hmm. though he would love to because I've replaced him. And took his job.
1: Yeah.
0: He cannot take that from me. But what he can do is he can be the deceiver who he is and convince me to lay it down all on my own. Yeah. And I did that a lot. Mm-hmm. And it sounded humble yeah. and righteous because he always tells the truth when it's almost, he always tells a lie when it's almost the truth. Yeah. So he loves twisting things just a little or sounding really holy when he says it to you. But so I went through this experience. I I was in this place in my life, I don't even remember what was going on, if that that means anything. The problem apparently wasn't that big because I don't remember what it was. Um, But I was in this place and, and let's be honest, oftentimes I wasn't just involved in worship, I was leading worship. And so I would come in and my heart would feel disconnected from the Lord. And I would say, you know what, God, I'm going to lead this set, but I'm really not feeling it. And I feel like if I were to be really expressive to you, I feel like it's so fake. I don't want to be that fake person who stands up here and pretends that you're good when I don't really know if you are because I have X, Y, and Z going on, or I would sit in a service and I'm like, man, I just, I don't feel like you're so much, you're worthy of so much more than my fake praise is what I would say. I don't want to do fake worship and God said, are you worshiping me because you're worthy to worship me, or are you worshiping me because I'm worthy of it? And so it started to shift my mind, and I started to say, okay, it's not fake worship to come in when I don't feel like worshiping. It's faith worship to come in when I don't feel like worshiping and to sacrifice that, because there's something to laying that down and sacrificing it to the Lord that changes things. It's, it's not... I'm not, I've reduced God's worth down to my emotions mm-hmm. and he is worthy, whether I'm in the pit or climbing the wall or on the mountain, he's worthy. Yeah. And so I've, it's freed me to come in and say, you know what? Sometimes my life don't surprise again. I'm surprising you guys all <laughs> over the place this morning. Um, I don't always feel great up here leading you in worship. Maybe here because it's been three months and it's all been grand, but I don't always feel like, oh, yes, Lord. I just, but I can put that aside with all of my heart and say, I'm going to worship you because you're worthy. Amen. Not because I'm worthy to do it. Because yeah. even on my best day, on my perfect day, he is worthy of so much more than I could ever produce. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about, it's not about our worthiness. It's about his worth. So good. So I realized that Bill Johnson says We are to be people who exalt him for who he is Not based on our circumstances I've been reading this book um, Called Worship Is It's by Stacey Hillier And she says worship is ascribing worth to God In response to a revelation Of who he is And all he's done It's creation's response To the magnificence, power, and goodness of God So worship is my response to his worth and I will never worship past my revelation of His worth. So, some of you in here, and and I, I said this in first service. I'm going to say it for all of you listening online, all of you in the room. If you are not an expressive person in worship, I'm not throwing darts at you. I'm not calling you out. I'm honestly, when I'm up here, the lights are dark. I can't even really see you unless you're tall, which all of you are tall, and compared to me. So, I, you just all blend in. Um, and if you're online, we don't, we can't see you. It doesn't work that way. Um, but there, you will never worship past your understanding of his worthiness. Maybe you grew up in a culture that we cannot be, like it's, it's not godly to be expressive. And that revelation barrier is capping you maybe you're in the boat I was in and you're like, I don't feel godly enough. I don't feel holy enough to worship you in this moment. I don't feel like my life is together enough. It's a lie. He's worthy of your worship. And, but there's a revelation of that. So, and, and really the way you break that is the word. When you get into the word and he reveals his heart to you and illuminates it, then, it shifts, you're able to pour it out. I'm constantly learning new things in my faith. And every time I I see, I mean, there's, there's a reason why in Revelation, the elders and the creatures before the throne of God bow down. They're covered in eyes. They see all, it's, it's almost like they're seeing multifaceted areas of the Lord. And every time they see a new side of him, they throw their crowns and cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord for all of eternity. Yeah. There's a reason because when you see more of his worth, you have more to pour out on him. Amen. So if you're struggling in that to feel like, I don't know, I don't know how to do that. Maybe you need to focus on figuring out how worthy he is. Yeah. And that's in the word. So anyway, side trail. Um, worship is our response to his worth. So I'm going to point to worship is biblical. And stay with me. I don't want this to feel very textbook. I'm going to go through some of these words that I'm probably going to butcher. But that's okay. You guys can have a good laugh at it. Um, There are, this is one I'm going to explain to you biblically how, yes, worship is when we congregate together. We're focusing on that today, but that's not all it is. Um, So here's some different translations and words for worship as we break them down. You have the word Hawa, which is to bow down before someone who is superior. So in Ancient, I'll say ancient culture. Um, well, even probably some modern cultures, you would bow in reverence before a deity or someone who was in authority over you. Oftentimes, like touching your head to the ground, kissing the ground, maybe even kissing their feet, like weird stuff like that. So this is what you would do. And it, it's, it's used frequently throughout the Old Testament. One example is in Exodus. The children of Israel are coming through the wilderness. They've made this tent of meeting. Uh, God will come down. Uh, and it says in Exodus 33:10, it says, When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down or Hawa in front of it, in front of their own tents. So it's this action of bowing in reverence, physically bowing in reverence to the Lord or anyone in authority. So then you have halal, which is to praise by listing out the positive attributes and actions of God. An example of this is used throughout the Psalms, but Psalm 113, one through three says, praise the Lord. That's halal, praise the Lord. Yes, give praise servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord and blessed be the name of the Lord now and forever. Everywhere from east to west, praise the name of the Lord. You have Tehillah, which is a song of praise or adoration reserved for God alone. That's what we just did. We're not singing to you. We're not singing to get, of of course, there's a response like join us, but we're singing to him, right? Um, You have Karab is to draw near and approach God in worship, most often when bringing an offering as an act of worship. So, Especially in the Old Testament, you know, they would bring, that was a big key component of how they worshiped God. They would provide their best to be sacrificed, to be made right with him. Um, But when you give to support what's happening at a local church, or when you give an offering unto the Lord, you're worshiping him. Mm -hmm. You have room, which is to lift up and exalt God by declaring his accomplishments and attributes. Psalm 30 verse one says, I will exalt you or room. Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. So exaltation. I- That's a really churchy word. (laughs) If you didn't grow up in church and then you come to church and we're like, we exalt the Lord. You're like, we don't go around exalting anything else or using that word. But I I just want to make clear, like when we say, when when I'm encouraging us, like, Lord, we exalt you. We magnify you. Those are churchy ways of saying our focus is growing bigger on you. It's not that God gets bigger. We're not pumping God up to be who he is. God remains the same. But a lot of times our focus... God can be so far off there that he seems this big because our focus is on things that are here. So we're refocusing and exalting him above everything else. Amen. Because when we exalt God in our hearts, it dethrones anything that's taken his place yes. and it puts him back. Yeah. Puts him back at the center. Um I used to really beat myself up in striving and perfection, trying to keep the Lord first. I grew up in church hearing like, God needs to be first, your family is second, church is third, which is great. I'm glad we've come far because in past generations, church was right up there with God and a lot of people sacrificed their family. And I'm really thankful to be under a pastor who values family, that's a side note, but I would really struggle to feel like I never put him first enough. Yeah. I never felt adequately focused on him first. And I heard someone say this once I wanna share it cause it might free some of you in the room or listening online. He said, I used to think of God as being the first drawer in my dresser drawer. And like, how many things could I fit in there and pay attention to that drawer first? And the Lord said to him, I don't want to be the first drawer in your dresser drawer. I want to be the dresser that holds all the drawers. And so when you exalt him, you take those things that have become central to you, whether it's fear or worry or anxiety or whatever it is, Distraction Busyness You take that thing You push it off the seat And you let God sit back On the center of your life That's what exalting him does That's why there's You need to be doing this And sorry that sounded correcting But maybe (laughs) I was raised Pentecostal It's about to come out Let's do a lap (laughs) Anybody got a chair I can jump on? Um, This cannot be the only place That you're exalting God It can't Well let me say It can be but it's going to be that you're going to have power on Sunday and it that doesn't last through Sunday.
1: Yeah.
0: I've done that as a as a worship leader, I've done that early on in my years, sacrificed that personal worship. And this this is like the overflow charge that you come in and get. I promise you the Lord will pour more into you in your own private time yeah. with him in worship than he ever i won't say ever because i don 't want to limit him, but for me, he has poured more into my life in those moments where I in the quiet place yeah. than in the public place yeah. so i 'm saying I love when you come together in worship, but this cannot be the only place you 're doing it Amen. um so we're exalting God to dethrone everything else. Zamar is to sing or play an instrument for worship. So that's exactly what this, don't we have an awesome team Amen. up here? So I'm so thankful. They've been here since like 7.30 this morning, by the way, and are still strong. You guys strong? Did you get coffee in between? Um, I don't know. hope you did. They're working on it. <laughs> They're praying for a download of coffee energy. Um, But there's a difference when you're up here and you're focused on certain things. Yes, I tell them all the time, we've rehearsed, we've practiced. Now let it go and let it be worship. But there's still a difference. I'm so thankful they're able to sit out here because there's a difference when you're able to stand and not be focused on anything else. But there's still a form of worship when you're here and you're doing something skillfully unto the Lord. You're doing something that requires focus and energy because... As much as John has freedom to like, lift his hands and worship, I'm not going to tell him no. But if he did that every time he's up here, there's no point in him playing keys. <laughs> like Nothing's coming out. Just do that from there. So there's something to worshiping up here. <laughs> Let that be a warning, John. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, you have another word translated worship. It's abad. And it means to work or serve as an act of worship. So there were people who were here earlier than even people who are on the team that lead you in worship. There were, If you don't know, this room is used throughout the week through multiple things. So all of these chairs get set out and put up on Sunday mornings. And there are people who show up at 630 to start putting chairs out and start setting the room up for you to be here. And they serve so worship starts way before we ever, we ever do any kind of sound, any kind of thing. It's starting when people give their time and attention to be here and serve. Uh, the, this is actually the first word that's translated worship in the Bible. It's in Genesis chapter two, uh, verse 15, this Abad word to work. It says, the Lord placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend or Abad and watch over it. And oftentimes we view our work or our serving servitude, maybe less our servitude because we usually do it within the church function normally uh, to to the audience I'm speaking to. But we often kind of view our work as something to get through and not something to dedicate to the Lord. Um, When in all reality, this is the first time anything about worshiping God is mentioned and it's mentioned about working. Um, You have the word eulageo, which is to bless and praise by showing gratitude to God. This is the word that was used when Jesus, um, the, the 5,000 were hungry and he took the loaves and the fishes and he blessed it to God. He, he I don't even know how to say that. He euloged it to God. He, that's the, he worshiped. So gratitude and thanksgiving, those prayers of gratitude and thanksgiving, it's worship. Sabo um, is to worship God through acts of devotion to God. So this is shown a lot through like devout Jewish culture. What they're devoting themselves to the Lord is worship. Then you start getting into some of these New Testament Greek words. The first one is proskuneo, which is to bow down and to worship as a sign of respect and to kiss toward. The difference in this word and the first word we did is this one is reserved for God alone. There's, it's not an action that's used for any other deity, any other person, any other thing of authority. It's just for the Lord. One translation of this actually says to lick the master's hand like a dog. And if you have dogs, like I do, and love them, I had to clean the tomato stains off my shirt from last service from saying, I, never mind, um, then you know that you love it when you get home, and they're so eager to be with you that they just lick your hands. It's glorious, and I love it so much. It never makes me irritated. I've never complained, not one time. <clears throat> It's a good thing my dogs can't talk, but my family can, so don't ask them. Um, but there's, it's this intimate thing. And a lot of times we feel uh, it's hard for us to come in and feel intimate with God, especially with people. Um, but there's biblical precedence for these physical actions of expressing yourself in worship to the Lord. You have Compta, which is bowing as a sign of religious devotion and humility. So Paul talks about this in Ephesians. He's writing... Um, I think from prison, don't quote me on that, but I think he's writing from prison. Ephesians chapter three says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees, or I compto, I fall to my knees, and I pray this to the father, the creator of everything on, in heaven and on earth. So it's this physical action of bowing before God. This is where I start to get to where I thought that I worship. I thought I was expressive because I was raised charismatic and we were crazy. And we might, I remember being what 10 and I don't even know what started it, but we did seven laps around the outside of the church in the middle of summer. And we were sweaty. And like, I, some of y'all are like, who, who, who did we hire? That's what you get in Virginia. I don't know. Um, I thought that this is just what we do. This is just this is just how we express ourselves. And some of you were raised the other way, and you thought, well, this is just what we don't do. This is just how we we come in, we sing, we're reverent. But I'm inviting you to let the Holy Spirit challenge your thought on the expressiveness of worship. Because it's not that I have all of the energy in the world to get up here and I just got to let it out. If you know me on a personal level outside of the extrovertedness that the Lord's calling me to be in leading, I'm a very introverted person. I'm a very, like my family was just out of town for like 10 or 11 days, which is probably the longest I've been alone and literally in my entire life, I promise I got married really young. We were, I was, I, Never mind. <laughs> it's great, but I'm saying I, it is. I promise. It's great. Um, but I'm a, I, I thought to myself, man, I have all this time. I can really connect with people. And what did I do? I have all this time to really enjoy my alone time and not have to talk to people. And not that I don't love you, but I'm saying you may look at me and say, man, he's just, that's just who he is. It's not. I, I have been exposed to and understand the worth of the Lord is worthy of my pride. To lay it down.
1: Good.
0: But it wasn't always that way. I remember, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Band, you can come up because I'm going to keep talking about this. Um, we're going to end with worship today. That's why I'm calling them back up. Um, because the last point I want to talk to you about is worship is physical. Again, this is not to condemn you in the room or online <laughs> if, you are, if you're not that expressive person. I'm not, I don't have names up here and I'm writing them down. Like he didn't raise his hands. He's getting his car keyed after service. (laughs) We don't do that. I'm, I'm, this is an invitation. Like I said, to challenge your thought on what, what is worship to me? Have I been Holy Spirit come and, and highlight those things that I've believed that may not be true. Highlight those areas where, am I holding this back to you? Is this a pride thing? Is this and you follow the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit says, lift your hands, lift your hands. He says, bow on the ground, bow on the ground. I'm saying, don't, don't do things in this moment because I'm up here expecting it of you. This is a time for the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. That's good. Right. Maybe, he, maybe there's some Pentecostals in here and he'll say, run around the room and we'll, we'll <laughs> see how that goes. Just don't trip over the camera. <laughs> Online would have a, would, would, they wouldn't love that. (laughs) Worship is physical. It's an internal attitude that affects our external posture. I remember being younger. It was in my early teenage years when I really started feeling that pull. Like, God, I want to give you more than I can, more than I'm doing, but I don't want to do it just because I'm from a crazy church. (laughs) That, Hands around shofars and screams, which I'm not saying there's anything bad to any of that. It can be abused just like anything, but I don't want to do it just because this is what you're supposed to do. I need it to be real. Yeah, yeah there we go. I'm getting you now. It's, that's what I'm saying. It may not happen today. I'm believing that there's going to be some freedom for some of you when you step out in obedience to what the Holy Spirit's doing at the end of this service, that there's going to be a freedom to that obedience. But maybe it starts in your car. And the only way you can worship with both hands in your car is if you have one of those fancy Teslas that'll drive for you. Please don't just one hand it for a while and keep one eye open. But I'm saying I started, it was really easy for me to express myself when I would go to a youth conference and we would be with 3,000 other teenagers who are worshiping God without reserve. And my family's nowhere around, but I come back to church and we didn't do church like this. We had all these windows and it was like the brightest room. You could, everything was white and it all reflected the light. So you're like in a spotlight and your dad's there and your grandma's there and your cousin's there and so-and-so's over there. And you're like, Oh, this feels awkward. And I'm going to like hold the TV down here and that's how I'm going (laughs) to worship. (laughs) But there was a moment when I said, you know what? I can't live for them. And I also can't live fearful of them. If they want to think that I'm just emotional and crazy, then I'm emotional and crazy. (laughs) And so there comes a point, but that brought obedience. And when I did that, it shifted something. And there was a different intimacy with God. There was a different... um, There was a new avenue for me to pour oil out on his feet. So I I want you to know that what our team does up here, it's not to be, I don't even, so this is a sidetrack. I'm in the middle of writing like a worship team guide. And in it, I said, I do not want to use stage presence as a word because this is not what we're doing. Stage presence. We're leading the room. And because I tell them, maybe not all the time, but enough for them to maybe say, yeah, he did say that. Um, <laughs> it's been three months. Give me a break. That the way they lead you in worship is to lead their heart in worship. Yeah. Okay. I, don't, I don't come in saying, mm, I think I could say this at this point. Maybe they'll lift their hands. unless I say, hey, let's lift our hands. It's just <laughs> encouraging you. But I don't premeditate that. What I do is I turn my affection towards him. Yeah. And so we're going to invite you to do that. Uh, in this moment, I'm. I'm. You guys, if you're writing notes or something, you can put all of that away, and we're going to stand. Uh, if you guys would stand with us, but my last thought is biblically. When I thought about expressing myself in worship, David automatically came to mind because David is moving the Ark of the Covenant. He's celebrating. Some some hiccups happen. Some people died, which is very frequent in the Old Testament because of obedience. And you should really read it. It's. It's dramatic. Um, It is. Um, But he's worshiping the Lord and he's apparently doing it in a very not, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? He's doing it in a way that community did not approve of, especially his wife. And uh, his wife is, correcting him or trying. And he says, you know what, if it's worship to the Lord, I'll be even more undignified. I'll throw my pride down even further. And so I'm just, I want to free you of expectation in this moment. There's, I am not, no one in this room is looking at you with expectation. This is between you and the Lord. If you're online, you actually probably have a little bit of a benefit because odds are you're in a room by yourself where you can get there. I encourage you go where you, where you don't even have to deal with the fear of man. Go turn up the music because there's something to the obedience in response of that. Thank you, Lord. So that's all we're gonna do in this moment is we're just gonna take a minute and exalt him and lift him up. And you have the invitation to maybe for the first time, experience what it's like to lift your hands or to bow in reverence or to sing out. Maybe it starts with singing for you because that is even really hard for you to stomach singing out. I promise Doug might turn it up more so you can't be heard. I don't know. (laughs) Move to a different spot where it's louder. So you don't feel so vulnerable, but I'm saying this is your invitation to just focus on him. So Lord, we do that right in this moment. God, we focus our attention and our affection on you. And Holy Spirit, I just ask you to invade this room and every heart that's listening. God, I just, we yield, we we come in alignment with everything you're doing in this space, God. And Father, we just honor you and we love you and we exalt you and we worship you.
1: Thank you, God. We worship you, God. We lift you high, God. Come on, help me sing this. All the saints and angels bow before your throne, and all
0: Crowns before the lamb of God and
1: sing, sing all the saints and all the saints and angels thou before the glory one more time you're worthy of it all everything I lay at your feet God you were worthy of it all every moment of insecurity for from you the glory
0: thank you God God I'm so thankful like we said earlier you could be enthroned on the vastness of riches but your word tells us that you're enthroned on the praises of people so Father let our hearts just be a resting place for you let our body be a resting place for you God let our mind be somewhere where you can inhabit and enthrone, Father God I just pray that Every heart that's hearing this, God. Holy Spirit, continue to invite them into that moment of laying themselves down at your feet. God, I just pray a hunger and a thirst for righteousness and time with you, Father, in every heart and every mind.
1: In Jesus' name, amen.